Hey everybody, welcome to Land Grant Holy Land's yet-to-be-named basketball podcast. We are taking suggestions on a name for basketball podcast. I sent Connor a list of like 15 names and he didn't like any of them. So we are still trying to come up with names for a podcast here for us to specifically talk about Ohio State basketball, and maybe basketball, both college and pro at large moving forward. My name is Matt Tamanini, and I am joined by one of Land Grant Holy Land's men's basketball experts, Connor Lamans. Connor, man, how are you doing back in uh, Columbus, Ohio? Dude, good morning, man. It is it is toasty. It is 81 at 11 a.m. already. I know you're in uh, Central Florida, so that's yeah. child's play to you, but... Um, it's only 77 uh, here, to be honest <laughs> with you, so uh, you've that got the worst sense. of it. That makes no sense, but I'm good. Um, I'm good. I got outside for a bit yesterday, so maybe I'll do a little bit less of that today. Maybe I'll just sit inside and talk about basketball all day. Nice. So w- w- before we get into the show at hand, what are your criteria for picking a podcast name? Well, yeah, I don't – I was looking on Spotify. Like, I don't want it to be something that – we don't want it to be something that somebody else has already – Right, of course. – done – even if it's like, even if ours will stay in like the land grant, like if you search it by our name eventually, if I understand correctly, our name is not going to show up if you search like, for example, if we did something generic, like we're not going to do it. But like the men's basketball podcast, if you search that in Spotify, it wouldn't pop up, right? We'd have to find land right. grant, holy land. Yeah. But I still don't want to take somebody else's name and some of those like generic basketball names I was searching, it looks like have been taken by somebody that are still doing podcasts pretty recently. So I wouldn't want to take a term that somebody else has used. Um, other than that, I just kind of want it to be like catchy and, and cool. Like some of those terms that you sent me, um, got to scroll up. Oh, well, like a few of those I wasn't huge on and a few of those I was like, oh, those are pretty good. But then they already taken. So I'm sure we can find something. I mean, I had some that were Ohio State related. You didn't like shot talk like S-C-H-O-T-T. You didn't like you used to work at the shot. No, I don't like shot talk. Okay. I don't think that I feel like the general feelings of the shot are mostly like negative for people. That's true. Personally. That's, that's why um, I had St. John pod or something like that. Like sent something with St. John. I could come up with anything more clever than that. Do like the spirit of St. John or something. Ooh, I don't mind um, that. Yeah. I could, we could maybe do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, maybe se- by, by the second episode, we can have a name locked yeah. down. But yeah, I feel I, like the general attitude towards the shot is like not great negative for people yeah yeah um but i mean it's kind of a play on words like both like basketball shot and you know shop talk is a thing i thought it would work but i guess not but the spirit of saint john is kind of interesting because there's like the spirit of saint louis plane and stuff so like i I like that that's not bad we'll we'll kick that around before our next episode but we are going to be talking specifically about ohio state basketball here on this podcast and Connor, the big question that's hanging over Chris Holtman's men's basketball program right now is the fact that they have their two leading scorers from last season still uncommitted as to whether or not they're going to be returning to Columbus to play in this coming season or not. That, of course, is EJ Liddell and Dwayne Washington Jr., who have both entered the NBA draft process, but have not hired an agent. Therefore, they could return if they would like to. Now, Currently, neither of them are projected to be selected in the NBA draft, no matter who is doing the mock draft. But that's not really the only thing that they could do if they don't return to Columbus. We have seen a ton of Ohio State basketball players have success playing overseas. And I think EJ and Dwayne could probably both leave right now and do pretty well 
playing in, you know, Belgium or Israel or China or wherever, uh, because we've seen a lot of players of equal or even lesser talent have success in those environments. Um, I don't see either of them making it to the NBA this season. I'm not 100% sure that either of them would have a long career in the NBA, even if they came back, uh, but I think they could. But right now, what are your feelings about whether EJ and or Dwayne actually decide to return to Columbus? Because to be honest with you, even though we knew this was going to be a long process and they wouldn't make a decision until the end of June or maybe even early July, like I'm starting to get the feeling maybe and maybe it's just my my cynicism and negativity that they're not coming back or at least EJ might not come back. Uh yeah, I'm um I under, I totally understand your feelings too as time goes on. Also, time gives people, you know, we have plenty of time to think and overthink things, just like relationships, honestly. Um so we're getting all this time to sit here and think about it and like wondering and try to piece apart what they're doing and neither of them are really saying anything or doing anything, so you're starting to wonder like Oh man, are like the nasty, you know, online trolls and stuff, are they better just getting out of Dodge and not having to deal with that? I'm actually starting to feel kind of weird about Dwayne. Almost like it's really? more likely that Dwayne might leave and EJ might stay. And that's just because I follow them on social media. I don't know if you follow those guys on like Instagram or not. Um EJ stays pretty silent on social media for the most part. But like Dwayne is on like Instagram Live and like putting stuff on his stories and like if any of his friends and like it looks like he's out in California right now working out because he spent the first uh, he he his senior year of high school he was in California I think um, he's out there working out with guys and like if his buddies and stuff will like video him in the gym and they'll like put like he's a pro or like you know pro with like hashtags and stuff like that he'll always like share it and stuff so like I'm wondering if like he feels like I'm a pro right now and he's ready to go and. Maybe EJ is the same way, but EJ just is kind of silent right now, yeah. whereas Dwayne is very, very active on like social media and stuff and promoting his brand and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of got me thinking. And fans are fans are pretty harsh towards him this Both season. Both of them. Both of them. Um, I felt like especially Dwayne, because Dwayne had a few had a few games stretched there where he was just yeah. really bad. And I feel like the fans are were pretty harsh towards him uh, in the middle of the season. So like, does he? Is he just like I'm? I'm done with it. I'm either going to be in the NBA or I'm going to, like you said, play in Belgium. So I think odds are they'll both come back. But I'm getting this kind of weird feeling about Dwayne, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Dwayne had got it for a large part of the season. There was a a stretch of like three games when he was like, I, I think he made like six of thirty five shots or something. But then he like after that he broke out of it and was an absolute beast for most of the remainder of the season. And he really carried Ohio State. Um, in a lot of that Big Ten tournament. EJ yeah. uh, got the brunt of it after the Oral Roberts game. So I, you know. Which is weird because if you look at his stats from that game, he had a really good game. Like, yeah. he had some like ugly turnovers in the second half, but like, he had like, did he have like 18 points and 14 rebounds, something crazy? Like, he had a really good game. Yeah. Well, it was the turnovers and missed free throws that I think really got people upset, which is absurd. I mean, it's first off, these guys have given their all for this team all season. And then um, you've, you, you're going after guys who are in their early twenties. It's just ridiculous. We've talked about that on, on podcasts before, so I won't get into that. But my question for you, Connor is assuming, let's say you think both of them are, are still more likely to come back than not. But if one of them were to leave and the other one were to come back, which one do you think hurts 
the Ohio State roster this coming season to not have? Probably, probably EJ, just because he's a more efficient scorer. Uh, and I feel like whatever Dwayne Washington Jr.'s field goal percentage was, which I'd have to look, but I feel like he was somewhere between 35 and 40 from three and somewhere between 40 and 45 from the field. Um, I feel like you can plug in other guys and get similar percentages, efficiency. They're just not going to be at like the volume, of, if that makes sense. Like there are other guys that can probably yeah. shoot similar efficiency, but not at the same volume. And also, but they also probably can't get as hot as he can in some games where he just goes bonkers and hits like nine of 12 shots at one point. Whereas yeah. EJ, I really think could be like a national player of the year candidate. If he comes back like a 20 point scorer, like probably not Luca Garza crazy, but like he could be a national player of the year, big 10 player of the year candidate yeah. this season. If he comes back. He's that good. Yeah. So let's let's spin this forward a little bit. Let's go through the potential starting lineups based off any of the scenarios with both of these guys coming back or not. Do you want to start with the most negative look at it or the most positive look at it, Connor? We should start with the bad. That's always fun. All right. So let's start with what we think the Ohio State men's basketball starting lineup will be if both EJ Liddell and Dwayne Washington Jr. decide not to return to Columbus. So what would your starting five be in that situation? So you still have, okay, Jamari Wheeler transferred. You didn't transfer to play the, like to come off the bench. So Jamari Wheeler is your point guard. And then if, if Dwayne is gone, you're probably going to have if Dwayne is gone, you probably would have Malachi Branham in the starting lineup as like the off guard number two guy. And then you would have, I would guess you would have Justice Sue and Kyle Young who would start again. And then I would guess probably Zed Key as your quote unquote center also could be Joey Brunk. Um, that, that team's not going to be very good if no. they lose both those guys. But that's probably your starting five, but you're not really going to have like Honestly, like Malachi Branham might be like your like go-to scorer in that case. Yeah, that's the that's the same five I have: Jamari Wheeler, Malachi Branham, uh, Justice Suing, Kyle Young, and Zed Key. Um, I don't think you have a lot of other options. I mean, Seth Towns might end up being healthy and um, being great, and you have to get him in the starting lineup. Maybe you push Kyle to the five. I, right. The thing is, I don't think you. I don't think you want Kyle or EJ playing the five this season. I think if EJ's back, he's not playing the five. He he wants to be able to do things that he's going to be doing at the pros. And the only reason he's going to come back is to get more experience playing more of a four slash even a stretch three and getting some more opportunities to play outside the paint so that he can show potential NBA scouts that he's capable of it. Kyle, I just, the thing with Kyle is I worry about him physically. He's been so beaten up over his 27 years playing for Ohio State that I just feel like putting him in the meat grinder of playing, like being a starting center in the Big Ten, it, it might not work and he might play well there, but I just don't know that it will last. So I feel like you have to have Zed there, but having guys like Seth Towns potentially push for another starting spot, that could push Kyle to the five. I, I don't know that I would feel great about that, but yeah, uh, you could even see Justin Arms in the starting lineup possibly, which I would not feel good about. But no. if we got, though, if we were in that, if we were in that situation, it might happen. Yeah. It, we'll, we'll talk about Arms because I have some thoughts about him moving forward, but let's say that Dwayne does come back. Uh, 
how does that change um, what you think the starting lineup will be? Does it change much? Is it just that two for Dwayne and, and Malachi? What are your thoughts there? Uh, if Dwayne comes back, I think, first of all, I think that Jimmy Sotos would transfer again. Yeah. Because we kind of forgot about him, which like we really haven't been able to see him play very much because he was off the bench for a while and then got hurt. And now, yeah. you know, Wheeler's here. So I think that Jimmy Sotos could be waiting on Dwayne, too, to see what happens. Because if Dwayne leaves, then there could be some playing time for him, too. Um, but if Dwayne comes back, then you'd have Wheeler and Washington in your starting lineup. And those would be your guards. So then you would see much less of, uh, like, Michi Johnson and, and Branham. And then you would get suing Kyle Young. And then kind of like we talked about either Brunker or Zed Key. But really the big thing is, like, if Dwayne comes back, then the playing time that probably Michi Johnson or Malachi Branham would have gotten, they're going to have to be off the bench for at least this season. Let me ask you this question. And I know he's technically um, like a three. He's a forward. What do you think the possibility is of Justin Arns uh, transferring to find somewhere else to play as well? I didn't even consider that. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Honestly, did I guess it wouldn't shock me, but he got good minutes last year. Like there's an opportunity for him to continue to play as much as he played last year. He just. I don't know why they didn't run more like sets for him once he cooled off. You know, they didn't well, really defense is adjusted. Defense is adjusted to him. Like it, it, when he was super hot, it was because he was somehow getting open. Once people realized that if you left him open, he was going to make a three. Um, they really kind of closed out on him, played him a lot tighter um, and didn't let him. I think the difference between this year and last year, though, is is the fact that assuming like if Dwayne and EJ both come back, they're going to be at 14 scholarship players. The limit is 13. Mm -hmm. But because of this extra COVID year, they have the ability for um, players to have extra, uh, you know, have extra time. So currently that is uh, Kyle Young and Jimmy Sotos. They have an extra year of eligibility. That means that there's still 13 quote unquote scholarship spots. But that playing time is being divided up over 14 players. That's one of the reasons why Ibrahima Diallo left. I, I just wonder if because of that, because we're presumably getting a healthy Justice Suing, or I'm sorry, a healthy um, Seth Towns back into the lineup. And even though he's bigger than Arns, like he probably would probably play more of a, a stretch three than he would a power forward. Um, I just wonder if there might not be a ton of playing time left just because of the war of attrition for either Justin Arns and or Jimmy Sotos, depending on who actually comes back between EJ and Dwayne. Yeah, I think if one piece is out, it's probably going to be Sotos. I don't I don't think that Justin Arns is going to leave. I guess it makes sense okay. when you put it like that, but I don't think so. Um, I could maybe see Sotos leaving because I think if, if Dwayne comes back, then I think Sotos is very clearly like, the fourth best guard on that team. And he's a fourth? fifth year. I would yeah, say he's fifth. I mean, Michi Johnson, Dwayne Washington. We, oh, yeah. For, yeah, so they have fifth then. Yeah. Um, so he's like a fifth year senior that's like fifth back on the depth chart. I would say like he could very well leave. I don't think the arms is going to leave though, but I could be wrong. Okay, yeah. I could be wrong. That's interesting. All right, so that means you're saying if Dwayne is back, you've got – Jamari, Dwayne, Justice, Kyle, and Zed as your starting five. Yes. Okay. What if now EJ comes back, but Dwayne doesn't? Is it just plug and play there? How do you deal with Kyle Young in that lineup? 
What are your thoughts there if EJ comes back, but Dwayne Washington Jr. does not? I mean, yeah, it probably would just be plugging in either Meech Johnson or Malachi Brandon. But then you kind of talked about, too, with like Kyle and his head. Does like does Holtman want to start Kyle Young as a center this season? Like again, um, does he want to maybe start Kyle as a center, but not play him as often and kind of like put Joey Brunk in there as like a 1A, 1B kind of thing? But I think mostly, yeah, it probably would, it probably would be like a plug and play, like either Michi Johnson or Branham just steps into Dwayne's spot. And then suing Liddell, probably Young still start, but with his head, maybe he plays a little bit less than he used to. Um, I don't know. They're not going to tell us much about Kyle's head, though, because they don't have to tell us. But yeah, well, we all even... probably thought it was much worse than it really was. But we all thought it was pr- that was pretty scary. Yeah. And I'm not even necessarily I mean, obviously, I'm worried about his head, but I'm also I mean, I, he just seems to get beat up every year, whether it's he's had what is it? Uh, knee problems, shoulder problems throughout his course of time at Ohio State. He just always seems like he's taking the brunt of somebody's um, beating. And I just worry about him. You know, I, I'm a de- devoted listener to Adam Jardy's Ohio State basketball podcast. He is convinced that Zed Key will be the starting center um, for Ohio State this season. And um, it seems a little odd to me because I don't see him as a center. I see Kyle Young as more of a center, even though I don't think either of them are. Uh, but he seems convinced that Zed um, will be the starting center for Ohio State. So I, I think it'll be interesting. Again, Ohio State doesn't really have a true center. I mean, they've got Joey Brunk, but he's not the guy uh, that you want to plug in at that five and they missed on other guys this off season. And I guess they're just going to have to figure it out um, in that spot for another season. You know, it's interesting. I don't know that it necessarily matters as much in the postseason, but it certainly matters in the big 10 and it probably would have helped against Oral Roberts maybe, I guess, but you know, I'm just not sure what's going to happen at the five moving forward for the Buckeyes this season. Yeah, they they probably would have won that game if Kyle Young got to play. I feel like Kyle Young oh, is at least what did, what did they lose by four? I don't even remember. I try to I, yeah, I, I totally blacked that memory that out. But happen. whatever it is, I'm sure that Kyle Young is probably good enough to be a four point difference when you yes. have really it was that O'Banner guy that was killing them offensive rebounds, yep. stepping out and shooting threes. So they probably would have, they probably would have won that game with him. But um, I, I just don't understand. I don't see why Kyle Young would come back to play another year if he wasn't reassured that he would be playing a lot of minutes. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right, but I also wonder if it was more about other things than that. Like, I don't know about his academic situation, if he wants to, if he's graduated, wants to go to grad school or whatever, or if he just wants, didn't like the way the season ended with him having the best game potentially of his career in the first half against, uh, against Purdue. And then, getting an elbow to the head, missing the rest of the postseason. Like maybe he just doesn't want to go out like that. If maybe if Ohio State had gotten to the Sweet 16, he would have left, but he didn't want that to be the last thing that happened in his basketball career. I don't know. I mean, I, I it's interesting. Uh, I, we love Kyle here at Land Grant Holy Land, you know, the Kyle Young doing Kyle Young things. So I'd love to see him back playing as much as possible. I just worry about the his availability long-term, especially playing the five full-time, but we will see. So that moves to the last scenario, Connor, of if both EJ and Kyle are back. I feel like we get the idea of what you think the starters will be, but why don't you just run through the five real quick if both those guys are back? Yeah, if EJ and Dwayne, if EJ and Dwayne are both back, then yeah, you would still have Jamar Wheeler and, and Dwayne up top, and then you would get your, um, your middle would be 
Suing and Liddell and Kyle Young. So you pretty much would have the same lineup as last year, except CJ Walker for Jamari Wheeler, which is probably a slight downgrade um, offensively. But they were so good offensively last year yeah. and so bad defensively that maybe it'll be a net positive. I think so. Um, I, I don't. I just don't see Jardy's super smart. So maybe Jardy has sources that we certainly don't get here. But I just don't. If I was Kyle Young, I don't know why I would. I would come back for another year if they're like you know Zed Key is going to start. You're going to be behind him. So I think Kyle Young's going to start probably. So how do you think Holtman would manage the bench in that situation? Um, if you've got Kyle at the five, is Zed Key first off the bench to make sure that you kind of spell him? Or do we see Seth Towns in, Michi Johnson, Malachi Branham? Wh- what are your thoughts on how the, the, the rotation goes if those five guys are the starters? That's a really good question. Um, I feel like Joey, I don't know, man. Joey Brunk is like, just with transfers, when you have so many choices of places that you could go, I find it hard to believe that any transfer is ever going to transfer to a school if there were other options where they knew they could get more minutes. So that makes me believe that Joey Brunk is going to get just as many minutes as Zed Key will get. Really? Um, okay. I just don't understand. I, I think that if all the places he could go, if he chose to come here, he had to have been persuaded for one reason. He did have Holtman as a coach before, so that could that's definitely part of it, but why would you go to a school where you're going to be the third or fourth option at your position? So I think that he and Zed Key will play very similar minutes, even though Zed Key is probably a better player than him. Um, And then off the bench, it'll be interesting too with Michi Johnson and Branham because Michi Johnson was fine, but he was like 17 last year. So there were times when you were like, you're watching him and you're like, okay, it kind of looks like he's fallen into like playing on like a neighborhood court mode just out of like pure panic and instincts, but he was 17 and he's just like, they just needed a body. But I think that Branham is going to be a better player than him. So he could come off the bench before Michi Johnson could possibly, um, or maybe not because Michi's already played. So that'll be interesting to see who he goes to first. If Seth Towns is healthy, is Seth Towns like 70% of Harvard Seth Towns? Is he going to be like a six man that's going to score like 10, 12 points a game or not really? Um, The interesting one would definitely be like, is Zed Key going to regress to be like the third string center because Joey Brunk's there or is Joey Brunk going to transfer to Ohio State and play like six minutes a game? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and, and what we often forget about as we do some of these hypotheticals is that what happens in November and December in terms of the rotation isn't necessarily what's going to happen in February, March and April. Uh, of the rotation, assuming they get to April, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what we start off seeing Holtman might play it safe and go with the old guys, go with towns, go with Brunk um, and, and go with even, even Michi Johnson. And I'm putting the older guys in quotes for him, but mo- the more experienced guys. And then as things go throughout the season, maybe Branham and key get a little bit more time um, as they prove themselves both in practice and in games. But but we will see. I, you know, I, I I love Ohio State basketball. Like I think it's, I, I think the team and the way that Chris Holtman coaches them can be incredibly fun. It can also be really frustrating depending on um, some of the the personnel. But like I just enjoy them. I think they're fun guys. I think they are, um, you know, a good collection of talent. I, I'm a little worried that they're hitting a, a hump and not able to get over it. 
Um, so we were going to do this last, but let's just do it here. Like, I'm a little worried at times for Chris Holtman. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a coach that can do a lot of good stuff at Ohio State. But given Ohio State's inability to get out of the first round of the NCAA tournament in Holtman's tenure, of course, he's been at Ohio State for four years, made the tournament in the three years that there was a tournament and would have been a fairly decent seed in 2020 had the tournament happened. But we've seen him lose in the second round the first two years. This year, obviously, lost to Oral Roberts in the round of 64. If Ohio State gets bounced in that opening weekend this year, Connor, like, should we be concerned about the safety of Chris Holtman's job? It probably depends on how well they do during the regular season. Um, I was actually watching that Oral Roberts, the head Bob game with some friends, and they were talking about the same thing, like, oh, do they fire him? And I feel like college basketball is a little bit different, a lot different than the NBA, where, like, you saw, um, was it, I believe Dwayne Casey was the, Raptors head coach for a while where they were like making the playoff they were making the playoffs year after year but yeah. they weren't doing anything in the playoffs so he got fired like they were a very good regular season team and he got fired because he couldn't win in the playoffs right I feel like in college it's a little different so hypothetically let's say Ohio State wins um let's say Ohio State comes in second in the Big Ten this year gets a two seed they win 29 games in the regular season they win the Big Ten tournament title and then they lose in the first round like is Holtman fired and no I don't think so so like, I feel like if you consistently win in the regular season, it's harder for them to fire you based purely on tournament success since it's one and done. Um, if he has another season where they come in like fifth in the Big Ten and they get bounced in the first round, maybe. But I think if you consistently have regular season success and you're averaging you know, close to 30 wins a season, season in, season out, and you're just crappy in the, the tournament, I don't think that they would fire him for that even though the fans will definitely call for his head if it happens yeah. again. I just don't think that I don't think that it's the same in college as it is in the NBA. And you know the thing is is that Ohio State fans are so spoiled on the football side of things and you've written an article about this that like the success of the football team shouldn't color your appreciation or enjoyment for the basketball team that they forget that like Ohio State is where it is in terms of football because of the build up they had of Trestle to Urban and now today. And while the majority of Thad Mata's tenure at Ohio State was fantastic, I mean, and he came in after Jim O'Brien had done some really great things as well. They've had that buildup, but towards the end of Thad's tenure at Ohio State, there was a significant decline, both in terms of recruiting and national perception of the program. And I feel like Holtman has had to rebuild that. So it's going to take some time to get to the point where folks are like, okay, Ohio State is a program that top talent wants to go to, which we're starting to hear more and more. We see more players um, that are top 50 players, that are five-star players, putting Ohio State in their finalist list. Um, they're not necessarily all committing yet. Um, but you're, And I just saw an article this weekend talking on ESPN talking about um, – they talk to recruits and high school coaches about how Ohio State is starting to be a team that's mentioned a lot more than it has been in the past. You know, I think they have to realize that it takes a little bit more time to get to the level you want this program to be at than just hiring a new coach. It's going to take a little bit time to get in the, the pipeline of talent that is going to take it from a good Big Ten team to a good national team to potentially even a great national team. Yeah, and Ohio State fans are are spoiled like we don't have to sugarcoat it like ohio state fans are spoiled they're good at 
everything. They're great at several things. Most schools are not elite at every single major sport. But I guess my point a few weeks ago is like, what are the best basketball schools? Kentucky, UCLA, um, Duke. Like, how do their footballs? How do their football teams do? Pretty crappy most yeah. of the time. But so, and nobody's like calling for you know nobody's freaking out about because Kentucky football is crappy. But because Ohio State football is elite, I feel like Ohio State fans carry over that expectation to basketball. I'm like, they're not a basketball school. I'm sorry if any of the you know, in the when I was in the nut house back in college, like we're like, oh, we're a basketball school. It was kind of a joke, but the facts are like that Ohio State is a football school. They're not a basketball school. They're not a top ten basketball program. They're maybe like a top fifteen basketball program, but you know, they're probably going to get their names involved with a lot of these big recruits, but they're not going to land a bunch of them. It's they're not going to get a bunch of five stars and stuff. So when Holtman's pulling in several four stars at a time, like and getting in the top ten in recruiting classes that's really good for them and people just need to put their heads on straight and realize that like ohio state is a football school with a good basketball program but they're not an elite basketball program or a basketball school or anything if that makes sense well ohio state might not yet be a an elite basketball school what they are is they are an elite basketball alumni school because the uh, Carmen's crew is putting together another great team for the basketball tournament this summer. So I want to end uh, our first episode here, Connor, talking about Carmen's crew. Since the beginning of this tournament, Langer and Holy Land has embraced this thing. It is so much fun to have during the summer. Um, it's going to be an incredible thing uh, to have kind of like nestled perfectly after the end of the NBA season. And it, right before... Um, fall practice starts for the football team. Currently, there's going to be multiple regional rounds. Ohio State, well, not Ohio State. Well, yeah, Ohio State is going to be hosting um, the second weekend of the regionals on July 23rd through the 27th. Currently, there's only two teams that have been announced for that regional. The first is the Red Scare, which is predominantly um, Dayton alums. And then there's Carmen's crew, who, of course, won the 2019 TBT They've announced a number of players that are on the team so far. I, I, it's not the full team, I don't imagine. But again, the general manager is is Evan Turner, who is no longer in the NBA, so he could play. The head coach is Jared Solinger, who just won like the MVP of the Hong Kong fi- Hong Kong League Finals or something, so he could play. Um, neither of them are listed as playing as of now, but you've got William Buford, David Lighty, John Diebler, and Evan Ravenel, who are all back. But then they recently announced that Caleb Wesson, Shannon Scott, who might have been on one of the early teams, I think, um, and then Keyshawn Woods, who played for Big X last year, are all going to be a part of Carmen's crew. So currently they've got seven guys on the roster. Um, a lot of them super experienced, but throwing in uh, Caleb, who's a little younger, Keyshawn, who he obviously played with here in recent years. Um, what are you thinking about this lineup? Kind of like, to me... This is a lot of fun. It's missing one or two guys that I think they're going to need. But uh, they've also kind of teased Aaron Kraft coming back, even though that hasn't been announced yet. Um, But, like, I think this is a team that could be pretty good. Yeah, they're going to be a lot of fun. TBT is so much fun. Um, If you're in Columbus this summer or if you're in really, like, if you're in any – because they're going to do regionals, like, several cities across the country. If you're in any city that has – one of the regionals you definitely should go it is like the most fun thing you'll do all summer matt i don't know if you if you've been able to go to I've any of the been. games no, no, no. um 
it was like a perfect blend of like a college basketball game and also like the rowdiness of playing in like an old high school gym where it's like getting hot and sweaty and like all the fans are like screaming and getting it's like oh my gosh it's so much fun well so they, super, played, they played those games previously at in capital at capitals gym at, at the capital center yeah, yeah and now this year they're going to be playing at the cavelli center which right. we saw a couple of ohio state games early in this past basketball season played there that was a great environment to watch a game on on tv i don't know what it's like in person um because i don't know that they've actually played games there with fans uh yet but um I, it was a great it, it was a great visual from a TV perspective, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a it's a nice little. It's where they do um, they do gymnastics there. I've yeah. been gymnastics meets there. They do wrestling meets there. So I don't know what the the seat count is, but it from like sitting in there, it's probably like I don't know, maybe two or three thousand people versus the Capitol Center, which was like nine hundred seats at all, like period. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be fun. I would like to see them add one more like scorer. Um, maybe like LaQuentin Ross, he played a few years ago, or Deshaun Thomas. It's like they need one more like bucket yeah. getter because I don't think the Keyshawn Woods, Evan Ravenel, um, or Shannon Scott, I don't think any of them are like go get a bucket guys. I think they could use one more like alpha. Um, Desha- I can drop 20. Wasn't Deshaun Thomas announced for the team last year, but ended up not being able to play for one reason or another? Yeah, they had they had got him to commit to it, and then he backed out or couldn't do it for some reason but like his professional season just ended this week so he does not have like a professional season coming up anytime soon he's in his off season so hopefully they could pull him in um that illinois team they lost to um put mike dom back on the roster and also they pulled um dimitri mckamey off of Carmen's crew, who Dimitri McCamey, if you remember, was like a really yeah. good Illinois player. So they also added him. So that Illinois team is going to be really good again, too. Yeah, and I just realized that this is the first time that, was it Jeff Gibbs isn't on the roster for Carmen's crew in a while? Like, he wasn't an Ohio State player, but he was like, he was literally my age. I think he's like a year older than me. Um, he went to Otterbein, and he's like 40, 41 at this point. So uh, he's not on yeah. the roster this year. So this is the first time, I mean, as of now, that the entire roster for Carmen's crew is made up of Buckeyes. They might add in some other Columbus natives in there at some point, but right now it's all Buckeyes at this point. Yeah, Jeff Gibbs, is he's 40. So, um, and yet he, he could still play potentially. They just haven't made an announcement yet. I would be shocked if he didn't play. He's been like one of their better players, oddly yeah, enough. Great. Um, he's like an Otterbein Hall of Famer. So we'll see if they add him to the roster too, but I'm sure they'll add probably one or two more guys, either Kraft or Gibbs or one of those scores. I don't think that they're done putting the roster together yet, but it's definitely worth going to the tickets. Um, they're going to sell out, I'm sure in advance. So if you're in the Columbus area and you're even slightly interested, I would highly recommend just buying a few tickets right now and then, you know, yeah, like with the, the COVID, yeah, with the COVID situation, like things aren't back to normal. Things are getting better. They're probably not going to have like a butt in every single seat. So I'm sure it'll sell out ahead of time. So if you want to go, you should buy tickets soon. Yeah, how they do it is you have to buy either two or four because there will be social distancing in there. But tickets are um, just 45 bucks a piece for like an entire session. So a session is is like I think two games. I'm I'm assuming. 
Um, so they're not expensive and, you know, you get a couple folks together and go, that should be fun. But um, let me wrap this up, Connor. Do you think that there's any chance that either the villain Evan Turner, who's currently the GM, or Jared Solinger, who's the head coach currently, um, steps into play? Solinger's played on this team before, but more recently in the past few years has been either an assistant coach or the head coach. Evan, I guess, just wrapped up his NBA career. Um, so what do you think the chances of either of those two guys actually getting on the floor with Carmen's crew this this summer? I don't think we're going to see Evan Turner play for them. Um, I don't sure. think that's going to happen. But that would be fun, and it would be probably like video game mode to have him out there against some of these like overseas guys. But um, maybe Sullinger, when he said that he had big news that night, um, I, know. I know we were all talking in the message. We were all thinking like, oh, okay, that that would make sense. Like he's uh he just went crazy in you know the in Japan, and he's trying to you know build up his brand to get back to the NBA. So that would be cool. But I don't think that either of them will play. But if either of them play, it would probably be Sullinger, and that's what they need is. Like one more scorer, one more yeah. like I'm gonna go drop 15, 20 by myself, which Sellinger did in the TBT a couple of years ago. He dominated, it was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he dominated, and then like he, <laughs> they lost that season when he had to go get married. Like he went and got married. He was gonna come back if they won, but they lost when he was gone. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, they might have won. I think that was 2018. They might have won that year uh, as well as 2019. I, I will just say that I think Evan Turner should play. Evan, if you're listening, I think you should play. And I think you should get Mark Titus on the team as well. If Evan Turner plays, you have to get Mark Titus there as well. That's just my 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 general managering. Uh, we'll, we'll, have to get, we'll have to get Titus on the podcast before July. I'm sure he would probably do it. And he can do his he can stump for himself to play in tbt because he has talked he has talked about that previously about how for some reason his invite just never comes in the mail he knows it's probably sent out but it just never gets to him it's offensive i i'm sure we will definitely talk to joey lane uh before tbt joey lane who's a regular here in the land grant holy land podcast feed he does the official inside tbt podcast um so if you want more information on uh, on tbt check that show out you can always check out his other show driving the lane um, which uh, talks about all things college basketball and sports in general. But we'll definitely talk to Joey Lane for a little bit more insight, who I feel like is Mark Titus 2.0. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can get the shark on here to talk about why he's being disrespected by his fellow Ohio State alums. Absolutely. Yeah, he would be a fun, he would be a fun interview. So we'll see if we can, what, what fish we can pull in over the, the off season and the summer here, see if we can get some folks, some good noteworthy Ohio State folks on here to, talk about their experiences and stuff like that. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this yet-to-be-officially-named Ohio State Basketball Podcast here in the Langer and Holy Land podcast feed. Again, if you have named ideas, something that's clever, something that's catchy, something that maybe has some Ohio State specificity to it, uh, tweet us at LandGrant33. You can tweet me directly at Matt Connor, what is your social media handle? You can tweet uh, podcast names at me at, um, at Lamons, which is L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor. Yeah, or send them to the main account. Give us something catchy. I kind of like the spirit of St. John, so let's think about that or throw some better stuff at us. Yeah, I love it. Also, if you are finding this episode on the website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. We are doing a lot of really interesting stuff here in the podcast feed with different voices and perspectives five days a week, every weekday, if not more. 
So make sure that you subscribe so you get every episode downloaded to whatever your favorite podcasting application is. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.